Hi guys, welcome to the second episode of It's Critical. I'm your host Kritika Singh and in this episode we'll be talking about domestic violence and how it's the silent pandemic. We'll be in conversation with our two special guests, Anika Verma, Senior Campaign Manager, Breakthrough India, and Lakshmi Ayagari, a counseling psychologist. During our discussion, we'll be covering topics from defining what domestic violence is, what violence in general is, what's the difference between being a victim and or a survivor, and um, how talking about uh, mental health is critical. Uh, at the same time, we understand these topics are so heavy that we couldn't do justice by keeping it in one single episode. So this episode has two parts, uh, episode 2.8 and episode 2.B. This is episode 2.8 and uh, we'll have the next episode published in the next two days. To support our work, you can become a Patreon and uh, you can also visit our social media pages and like, subscribe, comment, share. In case you or anyone you know wants to reach out to uh, a helpline, here's Breakthrough India's Domestic Violence or Sexual Abuse Helpline number 87930-8814 or 87930-8815 or 87930-8816. Anyone from India can call on this number. I've also shared the link of uh, Breakthrough India's Instagram account. Uh, they have all the lists of zonal helpline numbers on their uh, posts. And in case you are from anywhere else uh, in the world, please know that uh, there will be helpline numbers which you can Google uh, and make sure that you have those numbers in your SOS list. As the first and foremost question, Anika, um, it's important to know what domestic violence means. So, uh, do you think is it only to do with physical violence as it's seen usually? Or uh, what exactly does the purview of domestic viol violence include? Um, legally, the purview goes beyond physical as well. And also, socially, it has to be understood that while physical violence is domestic violence, there are other ways and forms of violence which are inflicted primarily on women and girls because of patriarchal systems um, that we live in. So domestic violence is also uh, mental and, uh, and verbal and psychological uh, in very indirect ways of belittling somebody and killing their confidence. Uh, that also has a much deeper impact on a person's mental health, which Lakshmi can totally yeah. talk about. Uh, but domestic violence is also now being uh, understood in very few uh, spaces as not just being physical. And we also need to uh, also capture this whole point that domestic violence needs to be understood beyond just a marital uh, framework, as yeah. like a woman facing uh, violence from her husband or her in-laws, yeah. because the law also uh, looks at domestic violence in a family setup where it's your own parents also, yeah. your siblings as well. So domestic violence actually has a much broader 
uh, understanding now but it has to be talked more anika like you said that you know it's not just the physical abuse that takes place uh, but also mental or psychological abuse that takes place so do you think also the impact of trying to overpower your spouse whether or to overpower even your intimate partners do you think even that is uh, something that can be considered as uh, violence um i think first we need to understand what the um, concept or the definition of violence is yeah um violence is in comes in various forms um the problem is we understand violence as a direct form of uh, violation um however it has so many different ways that it impacts people uh, that uh, it goes uh, unseen from um so i'll i'll just basically define a little bit about what structural and indirect violence is yeah. and then come down to uh, individual um behaviors becoming violent from there okay. so structural violence is um where you have the in, you have an entire system which is generally a social system our political system that is created which treats people differently which treats treats people unequally yeah so what that does is if there's inequality in a system now be it that system be your family setup be a community be it um any kind of religious system be it socio political system yeah. where people are treated unequally uh that inequality itself is violence because of the different ways it comes out on the more vulnerable yeah patriarchy is a system women um uh obviously unequally and it looks at women as uh, somebody who's be- below the man yeah. uh, in a family particularly and that's why what it does is it renders women at a more vulnerable and oppressed space than a man so so therefore when we talk about violence on women we need to understand it's it's said in a context of patriarchy and not just one man versus one woman because yeah. people don't exist in isolation people exist in structures yeah so when we talk, when we understand the structure we will start understanding why it kind of permits some people to be more violent towards another kind here i'm talking about gender so uh, that's what uh, structural violence creates a space of inequality and that inequality results in violence now when you say somebody treating their spouse or their family member in a particular way the, the thing is are you treating your partner uh, badly because of their gender yeah or are you treating your family member or partner badly because because you think that they deserve it uh but more in more cases if you if you sort of look into uh, where there is domestic violence it's mostly because uh, domestic violence is also justified because it's a woman so in a husband slapping his wife or a father slapping his child uh, or a, a brother slapping his sister uh, is considered normal because they're taking care of them yeah so because of that understanding it becomes and not just slap even you know torturing mentally 
positivity but probably also taunting them killing their confidence uh, berating them in public all of that actually uh, stems from a very entitled space and when that space is created um, this becomes something very normalized so that's why when you hear when people say but what about domestic violence on men uh, it's it's a very singular form of violence there is no layer of patriarchy and no layer of structural violence associated with it so um yes that's one way um, that we need to understand violence why it exists so anika when you said that you know so uh, there's something that just came into my mind which is the term protective a lot of time people use this term and say that you know oh no your father is just being protective of you or your brother is just being protective of you so i think uh, that we try and layer the entire violence through these keywords and like you know through these words trying to make sure that it's taken into a different angle uh at the same time i think this creates a kind of confusion in the mind of uh the victim and who's going through all of this so uh here lakshmi i would like to ask you this question how do you think uh, what kind of thoughts uh do you think is created in the mind of the victim and uh, why do you think it's so hard for them to even speak up about something like this to start with um so here are two factors where we need to which we need to understand one is normalizing the abuse mm-hmm. um, you know many a times victim has been prone to abuse early in childhood okay or uh, they are prone to abuse which is happening around them like yeah. you know whether it be uh, it ha- it's happening to their mother or aunt or someone else they have seen it and they have been thinking all the while okay this is normal this is ha- this is how it goes on okay one is normalizing the abuse another is when uh, we look into the uh, thing when a victim is prone to early adulthood uh, early childhood trauma yeah uh, it is that they build up a toxic dependency on the abuser with the abuser okay uh, they create the normalcy they create the pattern in their brain and that's how it goes on for the rest of the period okay. another comes like when people do realize that they are treated they are being treated bad that's not the way how they are supposed to be treated still they stick with the abuser cause of the cultural barriers cause when a person stand up women stand up and say like you know i'm being you know trashed at home yeah. i'm being abused at home uh many people defend the abuser they tell it's normal that's uh, that's okay if your husband says something like that that's okay if your uncle says something like that it happens in so our society so that's the cultural value yeah that's yes yes definitely and also uh, dependency with the toxic and also the be- fear of being shamed like when a woman comes out and talk about it many a times victim is being blamed they aren't supported but they are blamed yeah. so these are the factors which contribute them to go into the natural and they do not like to report report an abuse or talk about uh, what's happening with them how important do you think mental well-being is and uh, how do you think you know we can spread more awareness in terms of educating people more on mental well-being and mental health 
मेंटल वेलबींग इज डेफिनेटली वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट थिंग एंड वी हैव टू हैव कॉन्स्टेंट चेक ऑन आर मेंटल वेलबींग ऑन यू नो रेगुलर बेसिस एंड to spread awareness about like yeah like very right question asked like there is a stigma attached to yeah. mental health and mental illness but many or among us like you know despite of our degrees despite of our qualifications and you know so called prominent roles professions we are in many people do not come out and talk about their mental health condition yeah so like i think first step lies in coming out and talking like that's where the awareness is created and that's where we understand acha theek hai like you know depression is something as normal as diabetes yeah like uh, you know that's really important that acceptance towards mental health condition is really important yeah and that can be done with you know talking about it a lot and people like you and me are doing it and like you know i feel many people need to join in this campaign so that word is spread on a wider note uh anika there's one question uh, which uh, is very important at this moment to address from where we are uh, right now uh, so activists across germany singapore brazil to china are seeing an alarming increase in the rate of domestic violence especially during covid-19 how do you think uh, the condition here in india is right now um we recently spoke about it and actually lakshmi was also there uh when we had that discussion on uh, status in india um so it is wonderful that she was also a guest in that uh, talk um so um as breakthrough uh, have been working on um, creating awareness and sharing a lot of helpline numbers uh, with uh, more and more people across india because uh, ncw uh, shared national commission for women um, shared this uh, i think this was in april uh, that the number of cases have doubled in terms of uh, number of cases reported to them so a lot of women are reaching out uh, to them more often than they used to that's also because earlier if any woman was facing any kind of uh, challenge uh, in the home state she had to face that out go to either her parents house or to a friend's house basically be a little safer in that particular way but obviously given we have to be uh, you cannot step out uh, even the police is busy because they have a lot of work related to law and order during the domestic, uh, during the lockdown um, so the unavailability of police the unavailability of uh, those extra spaces beyond the house so it's becoming way tougher for women to um, kind of deal with it right now and uh, because the abusers are now at home yeah um, that's also a challenge all across the world same with india because a lot of people have lost jobs during the lockdown yeah. during the covid crisis uh, the the number of cases have really really shot up and it's not just husbands even if we look at uh, violence in the home spaces have gone up uh, it's also because people are spending more time with each other uh, the expectations from the woman of the house yeah. have uh, doubled tripled up now because she has to do a lot more work than she used to um, because the children are at home the husband the in-laws the fathers the mothers everybody is at home so she has to do 
uh, will the work and if she's a working woman who has to work from home um, that again adds to the pressures so we uh, at breakthrough have also been trying to talk about the different uh, lenses around domestic violence we've been working with uh, our own ground team who know the ground realities uh, of the issues when it comes to say rural or semi rural semi urban sort of uh, spaces we have also been working with the um, khabal area which is an on ground um, feminist media um, sort of organization which has a lot of local women reporters getting some really um, we say hard breaking stories from the ground because the thing is while there are a lot of helpline numbers which we are trying to push for yeah. um, the issue is even when you call a helpline number who reaches you and it depends on who you are and how vulnerable are you um, that uh, even if you call a number yeah. help will provide it exactly yeah. so a lot of ngos are uh, um, trying to work on that we as big to don't do case work because that's not our expertise neither is the, neither do we have the mechanism to do it but what we use is media and uh, other forms of uh, digital platform other kinds of uh, reach uh, kind of mechanisms that we have to share um, stories to share um, helpline numbers and also do some form of uh, response strengthening with the local governments and also the national government so uh, that's something the organization has been doing but it's just that the issue is so vast and there are issues at every level so even in up we realize that while the helpline number may be working people who are basically taking up the calls are not so happy with their jobs they haven't been paid in a while and they they stop caring so what that does is um, that if somebody is in a is in, a, is in the middle of a crisis and yeah. is calling the number that person is expecting help but on the other hand if the other person receiving the call is not ready to help them uh, where is that where does the survivor slash victim go in that particular instance so there are a lot of these issues we also trying to work with the um, uh, larger stakeholders uh, including you know the police we are also trying to work with different organizations on social media we work with twitter now uh, closely so how Uh, you can amplify certain issues by ensuring that every stakeholder has their role to play and their more awareness know, is spread about their, their the basic situation uh, yeah not not to take it lightly there's one thing that you know uh, i would like to correct uh, the first thing in myself the first thing is that i addressed it as victim to start with but when you talked about it you said survivor slash victim so i think survivor would be a better word to you know continue from here so i would make sure that i consciously use that term rather than you know uh, victim yeah one bit about survivor victim dichotomy okay. uh, you may be not completely wrong kritika okay because uh, survivor is used for uh, of course people who Uh, come like who faced violence and um, have sort of come out of it or have fought with yeah. it. Uh, which generally used for the deceased um, is what okay. that we've been understanding um, in this case. But the thing is, you can also use the word if the victim chooses to, because they're saying that 
I I did not survive this. I am still going through it. Yeah. So even a victim can claim the word victim if they want to. So you're not completely wrong, but it's great that you you actually pointed that out. Thank you. Uh, so Anika, the second question, which uh, you know is very important over here, talking about the alarming rate. I think it was one of the posts that you shared that you know, uh, in the first eleven days of the lockdown in India, there were ninety-two thousand plus cases reported of domestic violence. Yeah. So uh, when you are on the ground, you've seen uh, the cases, you've seen the actual uh, victims or survivors of the cases. Uh, also, at the time where you're saying that you know when you're when someone calls and whoever is picking up the call uh, it's left on their judgment to decide whether or not uh, this case is critical or this case is something where help can be provided uh, where does it leave the people who are calling where what happens to the entire audience 92000 people in 11 days and the number is only rising so i I don't even know how to put the question in the right way, but how and what is happening to these people? You know that's where uh, the role of the so-called bystander comes in. Firstly, we need to realize that uh, the vulnerability is different for different women. Yeah. Uh, it's also because uh, most women do not have access to, um, you know, the financial freedom as say the men in the family yeah. do and i'm using the word most here yeah. because most of our country is still very poor and we don't see it because we live in in our elite privileged spaces so we're like yeah well you know what poverty but poverty is here yeah. so <laughs> firstly that uh, so i know it, it's a very tough question and very tough answer but i'm also trying what i'm trying to get at is that uh, who's responsibility is it Anyway, when it comes to domestic violence, so one is the family itself. So if you see anybody anywhere, if you see that there there is some form of violence happening, stop calling it Mia Bibi ka jhagda. Because a lot of people say that this is a, a fight between a couple. The thing is, it's not a fight. It's it's violence. It's familial violence. It is domestic violence, intimate partner violence, which has to be stopped. uh the other thing is people say that it's not my business if somebody else is going through it it's not my problem yeah. it's not my business that mindset has to change because uh, violence is everybody's business okay it's not about uh, because it's not happening in my house yeah. i should not stop it so if anybody is hearing it because many times people are so loud that you can just you know right now quietly go wear your gloves yeah Go ring the bell and come back. What you can do is you can immediately stop the violence if it is happening around you in your neighborhood. Yeah. The other thing is if somebody uh, do reach out to people that always um, have known or have seen some kinds of signs yeah. or have picked them up, please reach out to them and ask. Generally, don't mention violence, but just say how are you doing, how are things at home, all of that, uh, and, and and tell them that you're there. um as a support system and i know because now the lockdown is more flexible yeah. you can quickly go and um, help people but the thing is just do not be so blinded by your own self that yeah if it's happening to somebody i it's not my responsibility so everybody has this responsibility and the worst thing is if you notice and i'm, I'm sure lakshmi can add to it if it if there's children in the house Who are 
you know who are witnessing all this violence many times even if the children are older they can also intervene but sadly if the children are much younger yeah. it becomes more hard so i'm i'll just quickly give you an example of what uh, happened weeks ago um so one of our colleagues she had to go and rescue somebody and this is during the peak lockdown time okay. and the police was very um, strict uh, about movement um, and all of that we need to get passes and all that this is that time okay. so we get a call from this girl and we as an organization can't help yeah. but she went there because um, she was about to get killed by her in laws and husband okay uh, and the reason she could not do much about it because her parents lived uh, in they lived really far away and they not in delhi and she had two very young daughters okay. so the uh, whole fight was about not producing sons and that became a reason for them to become violent towards her they used to be violent but this time it got so bad that she was about to like literally get killed for it and so were the children so i don't understand like the the courage that it took even for that woman to come out and call up uh, the helpline yeah. and then uh, people reaching out a lot of negotiation happening uh, like they had to literally threaten his family because the police said that we can't do much we have so much work and this is a family matter we can't help her so then it became a became really tough so somehow people had to get her out of the house and sent her to a shelter home uh, then uh, because she did not have money so some people some of us got together raised funds for it and so that she could at least survive yeah. during like another week or 10 days so all that was happening and we were still thinking that you know in this you know at, during this time people are ready to kill their own family members so yeah. uh, it was quite And, and the thing is, I'm not going into details, but it was something that was super heartbreaking. And the sad thing is, it is so common. It is so common that people don't talk. People don't realize how common domestic violence is. And uh, because this was physical, we were able to take action. But the other forms of violence, when it's mental, when it's verbal, when it's when it's non-verbal also, yeah. there are indirect ways of being violent. Yeah. then what do you do women and people girls become suicidal there was also a very young girl she 19 who reached out to us and she said i just want to talk to somebody through text through whatsapp yeah. and she explained everything how her father is so um, abusive towards her and um, she stuck with him because she is also dependent on him uh, for money so there are so many of these cases but the thing is what one can do is solution wise there are quite a lot of solutions but i i mean if they were working we wouldn't be here uh, but largely intervene when you hear and see violence and reach out to people use your privilege and also you know community action like if if i hear something and i tell you that hey listen i think we need to intervene and you then call lakshmi and lakshmi yeah. calls another person we become a, a sort of a support group Yeah. of uh, people who can in whatever way needed we yeah. can go and intervene something uh, one more thing people can do anika like the example uh, you just uh, narrated gave me goosebumps to be honest because uh, it's something that you know we like you said that you know we are privileged we are sitting at a place where uh, 
you know we just see and read about it in newspapers and then forget it right the next instagram post that we see we are over the uh, previous news now lakshmi over here uh, is something that i really want to understand from you because uh, we often don't talk about this and that is uh, the mental health of an abuser or uh, someone who's actually suppressing someone else's voice how do you think uh, we should as a society look at uh, uh, catering to the mental health of the abuser so first thing we should stop normalizing the aggressive behavior um, it is like you know when a child throws up something at home and he shows tantrums around laugh at it i don't know why many find it cute or you know goofy they just tend to normalize it yeah and once he uh, this same boy reaches the school he probably uh, you know get into physical fights there and you know this pattern continues this yeah. won't stop unless and until someone says that child beta what you are doing is wrong this is not acceptable behavior yeah you are harming or hurting others like this need to be told when the first instance is noticed okay many a time um, we as a family members or you know extended family normalize that behavior and later like when once the child grows up like a, as i told many a times victim is prone to abuse like you know uh, she might have faced abuse by herself in early in the childhood yeah or she must have seen the abuse abuser yeah yes so same case with the abuser so like they have been seeing their dad ill treating their mother or they are seeing their uncle ill treating their aunt or you know many a times son ill treating the mother yeah so they tend to grow up seeing these patterns and they do not even differentiate what how respecting women feels like yeah. or looks like they do not understand that because this is how the environment whole their early childhood and adolescence how be and when suddenly we talk about respecting partner respecting other women in the society for them it come as a alarming thing for them it come as something out of box and we are asking for too much whereas it is not so uh, as a society we have to stop normalizing it even slightest of the aggressive behavior that's one thing we can do and another thing when someone reports an abuse yeah we definitely look need to look into the mental health condition of a abuser uh, quite a few times abuser may uh, be a narcissistic personality and dissocial personality or a you know borderline personality disorder they may be diagnosed or they may go undiagnosed that's entirely different topic and um, not like you know everyone who is uh, fighting a mental health condition is uh, having a trouble relationship and yeah. everyone is going to turn out to be abusive it's not that yeah but there are high chances that abuser show these personality traits yeah in this condition there is definitely a professional who has to be involved to draw healthy boundaries we may not eliminate the context completely at least we can work on the things and draw healthy boundaries and the healthy family environment the question is for anika uh, how to identify or spot the early signs of abuse either on them or on someone in the family uh, being abused 
Um, the thing is, uh, and I'm sure Lakshmi could also add to it that firstly, um, there are both there are patterns that one can see and observe, but the problem is many times those patterns are not so symmetrical. Uh, so um, it, it sort of becomes really tough to then understand because a lot of people know how to hide their aggressive, abusive side so well. Um, so sometimes you don't even get to know that this person is problematic or abusive. Um, so, so that's where it becomes a little tricky. But on the point of how to understand abuse, so we, we can, I mean, in the child rights space, um, there are certain guidelines which are already given and they came out during Fox show, uh, the framing of Fox show as well, uh, about um, what are the signs of abuse as a child particularly and child as in anybody below yeah. uh, 18 um, uh, can display. So one thing is that uh, somebody is changing and if somebody is facing it, uh, their uh, personality sort of going through a very quick shift. So somebody who used to be an extrovert and suddenly becoming an introvert. Yeah. Um, so somebody who was fairly quiet and reclusive either starts oversharing or stops sharing at all. Uh, somebody who's absent a lot from spaces, from college, from school. Um, I mean, these are like the bigger signs, but the little signs you'll see is, um, um, you know, it, it really sort of depends on that person's uh, uh, situation and how that person is taking the, the abuse. Uh, many times people stop hanging out in larger groups. Yeah. Many times people become averse to loud sounds. Um, so, I mean, there are these different ways. The thing is, when you see that shift, in somebody's personality um, and even if you see a little anything little uh, like a bruise or like an injury please ask them because many times people will also lie about the injuries and that's something that uh, uh, I recently discovered with a friend of mine who you know yeah. again who's not very she's in a very privileged sort of family uh, and general understanding is that domestic violence doesn't happen in privileged families but uh, that misconception it happens everywhere in every family it's not just a poor people problem as it is made out to be um, the thing is you get to know that it's a poor people problem because they live in smaller houses yeah. and it's easier to hear. but the thing is it is everywhere so the uh, i i found there was a little uh, cut she had under her eye and I kept, and she had hidden it with makeup. So I asked her that what what happened, and uh, she's like, oh nothing. She made up a story, and I said, okay, I'll come back to you on that. Um, and then when her husband was not around, I asked her again, what happened? Uh, and I said, you don't have to hide. You can tell me if this is an actual bruise or was it given to you by someone. Um, and she's like, Are, but how do you know? And I said. I just don't, it's okay, let me be wrong. It's about you, not me. You tell me if uh, something bad has happened to you and if he did something to you. And she kept hiding it so much and then eventually it came out that the husband had hit her just like the previous yeah. day. Uh, I mean, there are these different things that you can, and uh, 
sadly here i'm talking about physical violence because that is what it was it was more visible yeah. but mental violence becomes way tougher to sort of understand but like i said uh, it's personally cannot uh, you know give more gyan on this because uh, uh, it's it's really really tough even in the um, human that space it, it has been discussed and talked about from the child rights perspective from women's rights perspective but uh, other than the certain guidelines um, it's not really talked about because the issue is mental health is seen as a very separate entity yeah. when it comes to violence so mental health is only looked at as you have a mental health problem if you're an abuser and who somebody is so aggressive or you are somebody who has gone through so much abuse that's when you develop mental health issues but the thing is mental health issues exist in so many different ways True. but it's not really talked about even addressing um, something as common as yeah and in fact uh, when it comes to mental health i think it's uh, just the way you know we go for regular body and physical checkups it's in the same way that we require to go for a regular mental health checkup normalizing mental health and the topic around it is very important i hope you enjoyed the show and in case of any feedback or suggestions you can write to me at itspritikan at gmail.com you can also like share subscribe and uh, follow us on the, all the other social media platforms that we are on the link is in the description below thank you so much guys also thank you so much all of you who's listening to this episode for being there and uh, wherever you see domestic violence against anyone around you you report it you become a support system of that person and you raise your voice Uh, we'll see you in the next episode which is part 2 of uh, this episode in the next two days happy weekend thank you